In this episode, our heroes must face their words, battle a pocket watch, and contend with the ever-creeping feeling that not all is right. But like, even more than usual. The wind, injured and heavily poisoned, can still be heard flying away to the south of Outpost 87. Elgar can still hear the gun emplacement computer counting up to 60 minutes before continuing its attack on everything. The fire from the maple tree is spread, and now the concrete and blacktop are impossibly on fire and spreading to nearby buildings. An injured Gusty and Ghoul watch as the fire jumps to Gusty Adams, surrounding him in a column of fire as high as a thing which is about 50 feet or taller. Ghoul, a familiar chill goes down your spine. When all of a sudden, a short bird wearing a tuxedo, a cane in one wing, and a microphone in the other, pops into existence in front of you and says... I'm Dick Riculous, god of hickory dickory trickery. I heard you summon me and now I'm here. Why don't we get on with it? Let's play Choose Your Fate at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. What's the game, you ask? I hear you thought school. You must simply choose your fate. Ha! Select a hardship to go through in the future. Any hardship, any battle, any obstacle, but you must choose before this feather hits the ground. And he proffers a feather. He pops from somewhere. You may talk with your friends, of course, but take too long and your friend will look like the morning cup of coffee I had this morning. Burned alive. And with that, Dick Riculous drops the feather. Ghoul, what do you do? <laughs> Wait, what? I choose what fate? <laughs> uh, I talk to my friends. What the hell do I do here? Um, I don't know what's going on right now, Ghoul, but you should just pick something. I'm so far away, I can't help you. Wait, 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 hold on. We have until the feather hits the ground, right? The feather has drifted a quarter of the way to the ground. I, uh, I'll just... Uh, Ghoul says aloud, I will... Yes? I will face my past, he decides, and that's hardship enough. Stop running from what I, uh, what's been destined for me. All right! And with that, the fire disappears, the column is no more. Gusty, you don't feel hell's heat on your face any longer as well as some of the fire further down the road ceases until it is no more and the maple tree is restored. Dick Riculous says to you, Ghoul, thank you for making your choice. And at a later date, we will definitely have you face your past with or without your friends. <laughs> and he stops existing. Um, Guys, I caught about half of that on the comms. What the hell just <laughs> happened? I don't really understand any of what I heard. Just, I think we all need to lay down. We'll talk about it after a good rest. <laughs> Some cool offers to the group. <laughs> just, put, just, just put that one on the list. We'll, we'll take care of that after all our other random encounters. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a fire going on right now, and uh, oh no, wait, what's actually that? the fire was put out. Oh, thank gosh. Gosh is a gripply god. <laughs> Haven't you learned your words have power in this universe? <laughs> that I've summoned the Diet Coke of gods. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what Ghoul and Gusty Adams did. Elgar, you've got something interesting as well. Um, As you go up the elevator to the top floor where your room is, where all three of your rooms are, the doors open, and you see an old friend, Chief Researcher Garrow. And he says, The elder scholars rebuke your outcast status and uh, request your return to earliest at your earliest convenience. Uh, you've 
proven superior research in light of previous transgressions, and the elder scholars on Vest Prime have written you a formal apology and, and wish to reinstate you as elder scholar yourself. Just, uh, I guess, follow me in, inside your room and we'll get them online and we can get this wonderful event uh, started at least. Garrow, it's been years. Has it been years? I, maybe, I, I don't know. Not even a hello, though. How are you, old buddy? I'm doing great. You look extremely hurt. Uh, possibly bleeding. Yeah, you could say I've been through some stuff. I need to sit down. You look like you've aged 500 years. Well, I've died twice, so that that probably adds up. Yeah, that's it. That's what happened. How how did you find me? That's not important. Let's go into the room and get the elder scholars on the on the whatever I've got. Uh, and he holds up a data pad. Uh, this. No, oh, we call that the Robo Horn. <laughs> let's oh. let's hop to it. All right, and you go into your room with Garrow, Gusty, and Ghoul. Roll a will save. Oh, God, I didn't even have my character sheet open. <laughs> 21 for ghoul. Just just sitting here enjoying the show. <laughs> All right, 13. Gusty, you feel inexplicably drawn to the Sweaty Homes Motel. Ghoul, you watch as Gusty is inexplicably drawn to the Sweaty Homes Motel. Is it inexplicable, though? Isn't that where my apartment is? It is. But the inexplicability is a, the instant drive to get to that room as fast as you possibly can. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll see you in a minute, Ghoul. I suddenly have an inexplicable urge to go to my home and sleep in my bed or something. I'll just be sprinting this direction forwardly as fast as I can go. If you take your car, it'll be faster. Oh, God, is that even working? Can we go with you? Uh, if you can get into the car fast enough, and then I limp to the car. <laughs> I assume I limp. I, uh, cool. <laughs> Offers to help him in and gets in with him. All right, and up you go. Watch out for those water bottles on the floor. That'd be a heck of a thing if Gusty made me walk. <laughs> <laughs> Scandal. It's like I spent a med patch on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So you both go and you head up the elevator. The doors open and I'll start with Gusty first. Gusty. Yes, sir. You see a man wearing a slightly ripped and signed uniform that resembles a far different or maybe far older version of a Starfinder uniform. Predo Hogue stands in front of you and he says, Servile audio negotiator of clear histories. Quite a mouthful if you ask me, eh, Sancho? I told you we'd do it. I told you that the place where everything can and will exist is here. Forget the pond god, his curse clearly missed us. And look, the plan worked. We're standing on solid success. <laughs> and you, Sancho, you look like you've endured absolute ages. And I see someone has taught you music? Uh... Hello, sir. Nice to make your acquaintance. You want to come in for like a like a tea or something? Well, of course, of course. Or uh, a honeydew or uh, I haven't been home in a while. I don't really remember what I got in the fridge, but you can root around in there at your leisure. It's perfectly fine. Now, all I need you to do is is help contact the Starfinder sect, then we can start exploring at once. We must find a ship after all, probably in the starship graveyard over by Humerius. Now please follow me and discuss more inside Gusty Adams, please. And with that, he opens your door and he walks into your room. Oh, okay. Gonna follow him in there, uh, asking if he wants... Uh, do you, you want me to, to mend your... Uh... Your pants there, or uh, get you some other pants. It's got kind of a thing about the color tan around here. Or uh, what about a nice jacket? Think I could make one of those? He simply nods and sits down on a small chair. Ghoul, the doors open, and you see your twin brother, Sylvan One. 
and he's wearing a traditional gripply bow slung around his back and wrinkles of age creeping away from his eyes. And he says, Ghoul! Wow! It's been a while. I, I finally got myself out here. Woo hey, out here. Jeez, there's there's not even stars in the sky half the night. What's with that? I'm over here on behalf of the army, and with Father's blessing, we can help facilitate your training, uh, chosen one, sir. <laughs> one of Golden Void God. I swear, I'm never gonna hear the end of that. It's just always gets me. Well, come on, Ghoul. I can't wait to see what you've been up to. Ghoul just kind of stares at him a little bit. Like, and then uh, throws it out there. You know anything about a, a trickster god shows up? It's just really odd that I, I just had a weird interaction, he explains to his twin brother. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a curse of the narrator, he further explains. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I thought something was a little bit different with you. It's been a hell of a last two days. <laughs> I believe you. Come on. And he goes into your room as well. Elgar. Yeah. You walk into the room and there's no one in there. The room is the most comfortable thing that you've ever, ever experienced. It's almost like entering a childhood home, but in someone else's house. It is surreal but you are happy in this place. And there's this ever quiet ticking that seeps its way into your ears. Hmm. As you walk into your room, you also feel the pull of your long lost plant that you had in fact been working on prior to your arrival on Panquake. But no Garrow? No Garrow. But you are pulled to this ticking, this quiet ticking. There's a bomb. Can I do a perception <laughs> check to see if I can find it? Yes. Roll to 16. You see on the edge of your bed a small golden pocket watch. Hmm. I, I motion to pick it up and investigate. You walk past your punching bag, there's shelves full of books, and strewn about your bed are also all kinds of text and scrolls. As you walk up to the stopwatch, the stopwatch itself ceases to make noise. Hmm, this is curious. But it makes you absurdly comfortable to hold this pocket watch. Elgar kind of tosses it gently in his, in his palm and sits at the base of the bed and says, Garo, are you in here? Is this, a, is this a joke? And with that, we'll pause Elgar and we'll move on to Gusty. I have continued to offer random things to this person uh, that I don't actually have in the apartment. Gusty finds a similar situation. There's not a single person in this room, though you watched Preto walk in and sit down and you blink and he's gone. However, there's a very faint ticking that you're drawn to. A small golden pocket watch sits at the edge of your bed. Your room strewn with toys and curious oddities, computer bits, broken down garbage, small teddy bears, and probably the most antique collection of coffee mugs sitting inside your bathroom, thankfully empty. There's also a small pistol sitting next to those mugs. Well, you, you sound kind of hoarse in the throat. I'll, I'll just make you some uh, hot water. Am I drawn to this pocket watch like the same way I was to like the apartment? Yes, you're drawn to that pocket watch. Okay, well, I pick it up. Suddenly warmth and fills your heart. But when you hold it, you have a fond reminiscence of happy memories but it's hazy and non-specific. But this pocket watch does make you feel good. And then the ticking subsides. I tap on it. It sounds pretty nice. It's made of pretty nice gold. Hmm. I'm going to go get a mug and then I'm going to make some tea and then sit down and hold the hot mug of tea and stare at the watch. All right. Ghoul, 
You also find yourself in a similar situation as soon as you enter behind Silver, Sylvan One. He has disappeared completely. Your room is strewn about with red string connections, all sorts of bounty hunting shenanigans, red delicious apples, which maybe you enjoyed, maybe you didn't. You can't quite remember. It is a bit of a mess, honestly, but you also see an assassin rifle sitting on your bed, and beside that rifle is a ticking golden pocket watch. Well, this is odd, Ghoul said to himself. I guess uh, Ghoul goes over to the bed, examines the rifle, and examines the pocket watch. The sniper rifle is a genuine assassin rifle stalker class. The pocket watch still draws you in more and more as it gets a little louder and a little louder. It's starting to hurt how loud it is. Ghoul, make a will save. 23. Ghoul, take 10 psychic damage. What? The pocket watch is getting louder. Ghoul screams in pain and walks over and to grab at the pocket watch. As soon as you grab the pocket watch, all of the sound subsides. And you're filled with a warm happiness. Just at the sheer touch of this golden pocket watch. Ghoul sits down on the bed rubbing his frog head and looks at the rifle. And uh, puts Audrey in the pistol mode and just kind of suits up, I guess, laying against the bed pain. Everybody make another will save. Roll to 12. 18. 21. Everyone except for Gusty Adams feels an insane drive to fall asleep and rest. And right. you do. <laughs> so Elgar falls asleep. Ghoul falls asleep. Gusty Adams. Shh. What do you do? Uh, do I still feel roughly the same way about this this watch? Yes, it is making you quite happy to have this pocket watch on your person. Hmm, okay. <clears throat> I'm going to set down my mug and pick up that Nutriad pistol. The Nutriad pistol is really good because it, it kind of focuses and giving force damage which really negates um like if you're fighting non-physical or extra planar things that shift in and out of reality yeah uh do i am i seeing a, a workbench over there in my in my room your room has bits and pieces there's not quite a workbench but there's a collection of tools kind of thrown together okay I'm going to take it over to that set of tools and basically just kneel on the floor, set the pistol uh, next to me on the floor, and then start playing with the watch. Is it like stopwatch? Is it like a pocket watch type thing? Yes. Okay. Can I find a way of winding it up? It is a normal pocket watch. You can wind it up any which way. I wind that thing up and see what happens. The ticking... Got a little bit louder. However, nothing else has changed. Hmm. And then the ticking subsides. Very carefully, I'm going to try and take this apart. If it looks like there's a way I can do it without breaking it. That will have to be an engineering roll. I thought as much. It's a 21. You have successfully taken apart most of it. But there's a few very, very delicate pieces still put together. Okay, so like I've gotten the, the back cover off of it, basically. And everything looks as it should. It is the very normal pocket watch. <clears throat> okay, so looks like all the regular gears. In that case, I'm going to leave it exposed. I'm going to pick up the gun and shoot the pistol. And shoot the pocket watch? The, the, yeah, I shoot <laughs> the pocket watch. I'm sorry. <laughs> The pocket watch... My head is wrapped in theories right now. The pocket watch ricochets around the room, almost as if it is weightless. And it takes a few minutes for it to stop bouncing around the room, until it finally sits itself in the center of your room. Almost perfectly in the center of the room. Hmm. Okay. I put the pocket watch back together, and I walk outside of my room with it. 
you walk out into the hallway and you notice there's a giant breathing sort of brain-like fungus that did not used to be there sitting next to where a hallway plant used to be. And it seems like it's just kind of looking at you. Hey there, little guy. Uh... You were supposed to be asleep. Well, that's the thing, is uh, I don't really sleep much. So hey, what's your name? I am a tricerebric fungus. I'm going to call you Terrence. <laughs> that is acceptable. Can I offer you some tea, Terrence? How hot is the tea? I make it boiling the way you should. I appreciate it, but no thank you. Too hot. Hmm. Too hot, is it? Could you excuse me for just a moment? Probably not. It was my job for all of you to be asleep at this point. Uh, that sounds kind of nefarious, I'll be honest. Well, when you are paid for a job... You try to do it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I'm going to knock on the wall behind me into uh, Elgar's room. To, to wake him up from a deep magical slumber? Yeah, I mean, just like a casual knock to see if I get a response. Ah, well, you knock and there is no answer because Elgar is out. Hmm. Uh, do I recognize this creature? That would have to be a life science check. Life science? That's what Elgar's for. Fifteen. I mean, you know it's a fungus, and you haven't actually seen it, and you have no idea its relation to anything that's happened since you walked through the elevator doors. Tell you what, why don't you just please pretend to be asleep? I can pretend to be anything. Wonderful. Uh, really quick, can I roll a, uh, like a sense motive? Yes. Shit, 15. You do know that it doesn't want to harm any of you. It was just hired to make you guys fall asleep is what it seems like. Oh, okay. So this is a very non-threatening fungus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm afraid of Freddy Krueger or something attacking us in our sleep right now. <laughs> All right, Terrence, I'll tell you what. I'm going to walk back into my room, and I'm not going to drop a grenade behind me the way I was planning. Okay. But let me be clear. I won't be sleeping in there. And the minute I hear something fishy... I will burn this building to the ground if I think you're hurting them. That's fair. All right. Have a good day. Knock on the door if you want some tea. I won't, but thank you. All right. I go back into my room and lie down. <laughs> and you didn't leave a grenade behind you. I did not leave a grenade behind me. We interrupt this episode to bring you fun facts about Panquake. Curses. These are interesting and magical happenings, either to control someone or harm them. Curses can be placed on people, places, and things. The only limit, really, is up to the creator of the curse. Types of curses can take the form of a punishment of, for greed, as in one must donate over half of their wealth in order to remove such a curse. Another example is a curse designed to make all food taste like mud, and the only way to remove it is by eating 100 live wasp or wasp-like insects. And lastly, there are curses out there that can change the course of an individual's life well beyond discomfort and shame. Take for example, uh, me. I've been made to stay here in my own little room and observe all of life for my employer, death. I had a choice given to me, either accept my death and spend time with Asmodeus in hell or chill here, watch some live TV, and report on my findings. 
not much of a choice now, is it? So, I have a rather positive disposition towards curses. One final interesting thing about them is they can also be removed, either by the individual or thing that created it, or an equal or higher power. But let me tell you, sometimes there is no higher power. Anyway, now back to the show. Oh, you know what? Uh, I don't lie down in the middle of the floor, though. I'm going to set myself up against the wall uh, by Elgar's room and just kind of have my head leaning against it just to see if that'll help me here. Right. (laughs) So, Ghoul and Elgar are completely asleep. Gusty Adams has not harmed the thing that put them to sleep, apparently, asleep do you sleep until the spell wears off it is nighttime by the way it's late night oh me yes oh okay uh i guess i give it i don't know like an hour or something just kind of waiting to hear like listening for someone coming into the building or like loud knocking noises or anything like that you do hear something roll a perception cool 22. Oh, God. So you hear a muffled possible poof out of thin air, almost as if the sound of someone teleporting into the hallway just outside your door. You hear an otherworldly scream as something thumps heavily against the wall just outside your door. Yeah, I take out the blood razor and I open the door. When you walk outside, you see Granny Sunshine has completely deleted the cerebral fungus from existence. And she says to you, I knew I would find you lying down on the job. Her left arm has a gash with dried blood and her left ear is swollen as well as a massive bruise on her face. I have some bad news and some good news and then some bad news again. Let's wake up your friends. Oh, hello, Mrs. Sunshine. Can I offer you some tea? Put that evil blade away, and I'll take the tea. All right, I'll get the water boiling. So she spends the next minute waking up Elgar and Ghoul. Elgar, Ghoul, what were you guys dream or what were you guys dreaming about? Starting with Ghoul. <laughs> Ghoul was having a sleepless or a dreamless sleep, or just like with the amount of shit. That has happened in the last, like, two days of his life or whatever. It's just, like, overloaded. (laughs) So, just The sweet release of the void. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Elgar. He's usually scared of the void, but not this time. (laughs) Elgar. Elgar, um, was having a very pleasant dream of an ice cream cone. (laughs) As well as... He had discovered that the biscuits dipped into his ice cream cone were just like very just the most delicious treat in the world. But all of a sudden he was like staring at his his ice cream cone and a plant sprouted out of it and started to grow. And it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's when he woke up. Okay, nice. Yeah, it was weird. Not going to lie. There's probably some symbols in there. So Granny Sunshine sets you all in Gusty Adams' room. Then she stands awkwardly over Gusty Adams' collection of toys and odd other things and small bits of tools and instruments. Things, uh... Go ahead. It's my Warhammer set. (laughs) And she says, after sipping some tea... Which is hot water, by the way. She is unfazed. She drinks it anyway. It looks like she has also had a rough few hours, (laughs) if anything. First, just a blanket statement. Bravo for surviving on this goddamn planet. As long as you have. And she drinks the hot water. She actually drinks all of it. And it's really disconcerting because the steam was rising out of the mug. And she just drinks it as if it was ice cold tea. Then she sets the mug 
on the ground next to her. Right, the bad news. The joyful corruption is spreading at an extraordinary rate. That's the bad news. I'm sure you've been able to figure that out. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that tracks. The good news. Jeff Izzard has a hefty bounty on his head. I guess that's just in case you Wait. wanted. Monetary things. The bad news. Again. I saw that ugly dog of yours with Sir Kenny up, and oh, I'm beginning to get the sense that all three of you are severely cursed. And she actually points to Gusty. Gusty, hand me a spell thrower. I got something to. I've got something to put in it. I was gonna plant some flowers in it, but all right, here you go. She holds up a spell jam takes out the one that was in there before the hologram memory and she puts the new one in and says this is the spell of teleport use it whenever you want teleport 2,000 miles away from wherever you are touching anything or anyone and you get out of there use it wisely because you have only one well you all look like you could use some rest well you're one to talk now before I go, do you have any questions? Yeah. Um, do you want me to take a look at that? Uh, I'd prefer not to have this spread to someone else. Hmm. Okay, then. And the gash, it looks like it's emanating darkness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure. Hey, um, uh, two things, Granny Sunshine. Well, actually, three things. It's oddly nice to see you. Likewise. Second thing, can I take a sample of your blood from that arm? Mm. Forensics. Why don't we do this for the sake of sterility? You give me one of your vials, and I'll have a few drops of blood fall into it. Mm, sounds reasonable. You set it on the ground, I'll pick it up. That way I don't touch you at all. Mm, very well. That, that, that's, I'll do that then. So you set the vial on the ground, she picks it up, she hovers the wound above, and she kind of flexes, and the scabbing opens up, and a few droplets of pure black liquid fall out into the vial perfectly. And then you see her cast something glowing white over the arm, and it seems to try to heal, but then it goes back to just being a gnarly-ass wound. She puts the cap on the vial and sets it back on the ground. Hmm. What did this to you, Granny? I could sit here for ten hours and tell you all about the adventures I do. Or you can keep doing what you're doing, find the bad joy, and... I don't know. If you care about your dog, take it back from Kenny up. Oh, oh, that's gonna happen. But... I, I, I suppose we'll... we'll keep at it. True. What do you what do you guys think? Very well, my comrades agree. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep, I'm agree with this. Keep our noses thing. to the grindstone. <laughs> so, sorry, I I was uh, I was muted. Oh. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on. When how long has Kenny up had WD? I have no idea, but I saw him twenty eight hours ago with your dog. Twenty eight hours ago. Whoa, wait. How long ago was it that he randomly appeared in our ship? Two hours ago at this point. Mm -hmm. Starting to feel a little bit pressed for time about this. Well, anyway, you all look terrible. You better drink this. And she holds up three serums of healing. I won't tell you what's in this, but if you drink it, you'll probably feel way better. I, for one, would love some of that. Elgar takes it and gulps it down. Elgar and goes too. <laughs> In addition to all Gusty Adams, did you drink it? Yeah, yeah, don't it. In addition to healing, twenty-three HP each of you. It feels like you've had thirty-six hours rest. Whatever is in this, it is like caffeine on steroids on drugs. It wakes you right the hell up. Actually, I think all three of hmm. you are full health now. Yeah, so that that was just like a 
a couple of full rests and a bottle. Does that change our resolve points too? That Sorry. doesn't change your resolve points and you still don't have full SP um, stamina points. That only affected your HP. Because it, it feels like you've gotten a full rest, but you haven't actually gotten a full rest. I feel really good right now, guys, but my insides feel like they're about to liquefy. Yep. And drop out of my body. Do you guys kind of feel the same way? Now that's the kind of tea Granny Sunshine makes. And with that, she disappears in a puff of smoke. Hmm. Why don't people just use the fucking door? <laughs> Everybody can teleport now. I guess we can too. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Even though you feel amazing. Yeah, I need to get my stamina points back, though. I'm All you have to do is a 10-minute rest to get your stamina points back. Okay. Do you guys yeah, chill around? Take a nap, guys. <laughs> Elgar gets a really, like, uneasy feeling in his stomach and rushes to the toilet to take his 10-minute rest while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Something in that tea did not agree all with All right, his... everyone go down one ro- ro- resolve point and go up all of your stamina points. <laughs> cool. while you're resting, oh, Audrey sorry. brings something up. She says, uh, Ghoul, I can't help but think that I'm not really useful on, on starships. What if a starship attacked? How can I help? Maybe if somehow I'm integrated into the ship, that I could be more useful to you in a space battle. Once you leave the ship, just take me with you. Some sort of Audrey interface would be nice, and I, I'm i pretty sure Tuckus can do such a thing. He's the one that created me, after all. Okay. Yeah, sure, it's a great idea, Audrey. Um... Okay, so after your ten-minute rest and Audrey's request... What do you guys do? I don't know. Wait for the next random person to appear in our apartment. <laughs> Are those clocks still in our rooms? Those pocket watches? The pocket watches should still be on your person. Okay. As no one has said, they left it. Okay. Because all of you were holding Elgar. them. Now, Elgar, do you take your plant? Um. Oh, are we like leaving our rooms right now? I don't it's know. Like, it's just your go. plant's still on your, your desk. Elgar's... Elgar notices his plant, number one, and he's getting to his plant, number two. But he's got this damn pocket watch in his hand, and he wants to look at it and examine it with his monocle, like, a little bit closer to see if he can detect magic and figure out, like, where the pocket watch came from or, like, what creature left it there. Uh, check your spells. I think you have, like, identify. Oh, I do have identify. Yeah, I will roll that. And? So you stare at this thing for about a minute, and you find out that not only does it reek of magic, it is horribly cursed. Oh, this thing is horribly cursed. And that's all you know. Good God, we gotta get rid of these things, I yell into my comms. We cannot take these with us, guys. Not fine with me. Gives me the creeps anyway. Does anyone get rid? Does anyone get rid of their pocket watch? Mm, um, when when I shot mine before, it just bounced around the room, right? Yep. Uh, Do I have any idea of what it's made out of? Like it is made works? out of gold, metal, and some silver. Oh, jeez. Cursed like how you wouldn't happen to to know the nature of it, would you? Hang on, let's see. I think you'd have to roll uh, mysticism to know exactly what kind of curse this is. Now you do get a plus ten on this check, Elgar. Uh, I'm gonna roll mysticism. Here we go, and I got a nine plus ten and nineteen. So you know at the very least that this curse is in direct relation. To the man. And that's all you know. Can I do one last thing? Sure. I would like to, again, with my robotic monocle, which can can go down to the microscopic level to analyze samples, I'd like to compare the gold coins in my pockets to the gold that this watch is made out of to see if there's any, like, 
atomic or molecular similarities. You hold up one of the gold coins to the gold watch, and the gold coins have such severe imperfections, they're not actually made out of gold. Hmm. The gold of the pocket watch is pristine, pure, nothing wrong with it. However, the gold coin seems to be painted aluminum as you get down to the microscopic level and see the compositions. What the? Wait, this isn't even gold at all. You see a hairline fracture that goes all the way around each coin on its edge. Wait. Oh my god. It is this? And I peel the aluminum back. You peel back the aluminum to reveal chocolate. God damn it. They are chocolate gold coins. What? What? Do you eat the chocolate? Why? Remember, you got this from a monster. Do you eat the chocolate coins? I, oh, Elgar is slightly disgusted, but really hasn't eaten anything for a few days. <laughs> and that dream about the ice cream cone and the biscuits is still on his mind. So he like guiltily like looks side by side and nibbles a little bit. Just a little bit, though, because he knows it came from a monster. It does taste of chocolate, but it has an aftertaste of steak. Oh, God, I'm oddly perturbed, but this tastes so good. And he eats the whole coin. So that's what Elgar does. Elgar keeps eating coins. <laughs> <laughs> Just goes full fat. <laughs> what a discovery. Uh, I'm going to try and take the watch apart completely. You take it apart completely. Because you get bonuses because you've already succeeded and you can like take 20. Right. You take it yeah. apart completely. You find nothing but mundane parts all together. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bundle up the parts, you know, just like in my hands and go over to Elgar's room and then dump them in front of them and ask, are these parts cursed? 100% yes, they are cursed. <laughs> huh. Can, I'm going to like pick up a little like gear and like hold that up to him. Like just like just this thing by itself. Oh, oh, I, I see where you're going with this. Hold on. Let me let me check that out. Um, so you can only do your identify one time a day. Yeah. Can I roll mysticism? It's a, he can detect magic still though, can't he? No, he cannot detect magic because no, that's his one a day. But based on what you see, each piece is a part of the curse. So each piece is cursed. Hmm. Like it wasn't the this... idea of the object, it was all of the object. As a whole. Well, now this kind of gets into an interesting philosophical question here. And I just start, well, I'm not going to do this in your room. I'll do this, take this out to the hallway and just start throwing random pieces in different directions. As you throw, I go ahead. Just have like a just like a tiny bundle of like little bolts and gears and things. As you throw each piece away from you, even though it is completely disassembled, it starts ticking, and the ticking's getting louder as each piece is away from you. Hmm. And the the ticking keeps getting louder, even though it's strewn about the hallway, and it's getting louder. Gusty, take 10 damage. Is that uh, stamina? Yep, stamina. And the ticking continues. It's a very loud volume, even though it is in multiple pieces. Now that I have interacted with it this much, can I attempt a mysticism check to see if I can kind of work out a more precise nature of this? Sure. Damn it, 17. This clock is cursed, and take 10 damage. All right, I start gathering the pieces up. When you gather up all the pieces and they're on your person, the ticking stops. Hmm. Gonna go back to Elgar and say, I have encountered a problem uh, as it pertains to getting rid of these things. Hmm. Do tell. Uh, well, it kind of hurts. Or really hurts, I mean, uh, if it gets too far away from you. So you're saying we can't get rid of these things? 
Yeah, I'm I'm saying we have to actually break the curse, not just like throw them in the trash. <sighs> How the hell are we supposed to know where this curse comes from? I've tried my hardest to figure it out. I would say we should go talk to Granny Sunshine, but uh she seems indisposed now. Well, apparently we reeked of curse because she called that right off the bat. Yeah, well, I mean, she seems like the type would have an eye for that type of thing. But uh, this is a, a, a lively, thriving, rainbow-colored world. I'm sure we could come across someone who would, you know, some god who would break the curse if we, I don't know, kick him in the shin hard enough or something. You know, that seems about right. That seems plausible. I'm going to walk across the hall, actually, and knock on, on Ghoul's door. He's sitting right, right next to you. Or he's sitting <laughs> oh, in your okay. room. Sorry. Oh, oh, Ghoul, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, you're kind of short. It's easy to, to miss you. Happens all the time. Uh, wide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, Elgar, Elgar runs out into the hall and he says, Hey, Gussie, Ghoul. Yeah, go for it. I got an idea. Oh, goodness, but... Mm. I know, what's your idea? Remind me again, guys. What what was your your latest ability that we got when we... After the Because Vern? I can... Uh, I, I can, uh, can affect the emotional state of objects based off of my own mood. Cool, so... Mm. I am okay. a toy master. Toy master. Just toys or or any inanimate objects? I have not experimented with it beyond playing with my toys. It was strictly toys. And then I, I can talk to inanimate objects. Do you think it's worth talking to these things? And by these things, I mean the, the watches? You did take a 10-minute rest. Be a little bit worried about what it has to say, but I am kind of curious to see what happens. But Ghoul, this, is, this might hinge on you being really, really upbeat and positive and warm and kind towards <laughs> these pocket watches. <laughs> this is the strangest conversation I never thought I would have, but okay. Ghoul like, try, like takes his f- froggy fingers and like forces a smile onto his face. <laughs> and how? And he affects the emotional state of the object. I just want to get this clear. So for a short time, you can convince others to feel exactly the way you feel within a bubble of ten feet. It doesn't restrict objects, but Elgar's the only one that actually hears the objects. Copy that. Okay. Do you guys think this is advisable? Probably is not, this... but it can't be dumber than half the things we've done over the last two days. Okay. Uh, go for it. I'm thinking positive. Elgar, I'm thinking, let's see. Hmm. You know, Ghoul, what what have you done with your watch? Because I'm I'm thinking that maybe my watch and Gusty's watch might be might be a little bit more provoked or aggravated based on how we've handled them. Oh, mine will be furious. I do not want to talk to Gusty's watch. <laughs> Which is in pieces in a bag. Yeah, it is still in pieces. Uh, yeah, maybe you should even, like, hide that or something. <laughs> That's really considerate of you, Gula. Oh, you know, I'm trying to get in, like, proper empathy mode here. <laughs> um, yeah, I put it in my guitar case. Uh, so then Ghoul takes out his pocket watch and hands it awkwardly over to Elgar. Ghoul, as soon as the pocket watch leaves your person, you hear ticking. Oh, right. I should have warned you. That's that's going to uh, hurt a lot. I put my finger immediately back on it. As soon as you touch the watch in any way, the ticking stops. Okay. Well, I'll hold it for you and you can talk to him. Because he's such a special little pocket watch, aren't you? <laughs> Am I doing this right? Ghoul had no idea. <laughs> Elgar says, yes. I, I think you're doing great. And he leans down. It's a little off button, if we're honest. To put his face close to the, the pocket watch. And Ghoul's <laughs> outstretched hand. <laughs> okay. So what's your question? 
And then he says, well, first he wants to say, hey there, little guy. How you doing, Mr. or Mrs. Pocket Watch? Those are the words he speaks to the Pocket Watch. The Pocket Watch emanates rage and simply says back to you, Break your knees. Crush your feet. Uh, um... Hey, well, you you might want to try a little harder to influence this thing's emotions. It's it's slinging some intense rage at me. Uh, and then he directs his speech towards the the pocket watch and says, "Well, why would you tell me that? Why, why, why do you want me to break my knees?" The mission. Do you want to expand on that? What mission? The job. Stay near. Hmm. Okay. Um. Why? It is the purpose. Fair enough, though. Okay, that seems programmed into you. Do you know who I am? The mission. Mm-hmm. Um, well, whose mission is that? Like, I know it's your mission, but who are you doing it for? The cloaked man. And now we're getting somewhere. Does, uh, does he have a name? The man. What's his cloak like? The, 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 the man? Like, the man? The man? The man. The cloaked man. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure if you're talking about a man with a cloak or the man. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> so for the next three minutes, all the watch says is the man and the cloaked man. So ambiguous. Well, it, it was a pleasure to meet you. And to, to chat with you. Murder your dreams. I feel like this conversation's over. I think that's enough of that. Ghoul said and stuffed the pocket watch back into his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, that was somewhat productive, but wholly disturbing. I guess we can't get rid of these. Let's not talk to these things ever again. Yeah. All right. Mm. Oh. They make a great thesaurus, though. <laughs> Yeah. So what do you guys do now that you've explored the pocket watches? I look up that bounty that uh, the old granny uh, mentioned. If I, I roll a natural 20 on my bounty hunter look up on about that. Well, actually, it's in the bounty boards. If you go down to Jeff Izzard, the god of biscuits, it's for 240,000 credits alive, 120,000 credits dead... Uh, wanted dead or alive for the insurrection of the man and the murder of several deities last seen on Falan. It's a picture of a blue giant wearing a fabulous dress and ruby red makeup. Hmm. Well, throw that out there, but if we want to take out the god of biscuits someday <laughs> in the future, uh, I know we got to find, uh, we got some other things across off the list here. Oh, also, hey, Gusty. Uh, can you, uh, hold out, um, Spectre in the city for him? Could you take a crack at this? Because I don't think I can, uh, even on my good best day, I don't think I could open it up. I think it's a DC 30. It is a DC 30. Oh, it, it, like it's locked? Like it's a, it's a locked book. And actually to, oh, okay. Ghoul, real quick, to reward your natural 20 on your bounty hunting, you find a way to increase the bounty by several thousand dollars or credits. Cool. I have some like rewards points through like five star. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Gotta cash those in, dog. I'm cashing my 7 Eleven <laughs> points, guys. You found you had like nine of these little clipped bounties and you just needed one more and you get the rewards, man. <laughs> nice. Oh, You're earning my, cash uh, back, Ross. <laughs> so anyway, so Spectre in the City, DC 30, but you cannot take 10 or 20. It must be a pure roll. I assume only like once a day or just once in general. Well, if uh, nothing happens, you can keep trying. I, I'd take a crack at it too. Yeah, I can. Uh, I'll take a look at this. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, you know, what? I'll take a look at it. We'll figure out what we want to do next. Yeah, I mean, I'll, 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 can I just like look over it long enough to kind of get a sense of 
of the the extent of the security measures on it. Like basically just, I just kind of want to look at the scope of it so I can sort of think on it. It is an extremely complex lock. You can try right now. But it's computer based, right? Yes, but you can open it with engineering or computers, which, whichever's okay. higher. I was, a, I was about to ask if I could, if it looked like there was any way I could like physically bypass it. What do you mean physically bypass but, it? Th- like through through engineering is, yes, is what I mean. Yes, yes. Like a crowbar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the most basic of engineering. You either take a crowbar to it or you do the computery tip tap ticky tack thing. Is there any way Elgar can like flex his engineering skills to assist? So both Ghoul and Elgar can assist. All you have to do is beat a DC of 10. And for each of you, Gusty would get a plus two to his roll. So you can both in total add a plus four to whatever he rolls. Okay. Are you doing engineering, Gusty? He, yeah, yeah. I- um, let me read an ability really quick. This is like prices, right? If we go over 20, then we don't get it. You got to meet it or exceed it. Okay, just making sure. You are very, you're very precise. I know you have proper cause for that question <laughs> based on this reality. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> this is going to be engineering. All right. So let's do Elgar first before Augusti's roll. You do not get it with a natural <laughs> <Holy> one. <laughs> big old, big old. However, um, Ghoul does aid your engineering check. I, Elgar, I have no idea what you what you did. This is this is bad. All right, I'm gonna roll my engineering and then roll my expertise into it. Oh shit! I don't know if the expertise is gonna help. Because I think it's a D six. Even if it succeeds, like if you roll a yeah, six now. Uh, even if I get a six, it wouldn't be high enough. The lock does not open. Oof. Hmm. Oof. All right. Well, another time then. Yeah, another time. Let's move on. <laughs> I, want, I need to get some armor, guys. I have some... Uh... Y- yeah, I was, I was about to recommend we go shopping before, I don't know, like a, a worm comes in and grants us a cursed wish and <laughs> turns us all into jelly beans. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. No, you probably have made that happen now, so thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm with you guys, but I got one, one last thing I got to check on before we leave. Had so many damn distractions. I forgot to water my plant. Hold on. And Elgar goes to water his plant and kind of check up on it. Your plant's doing real, real well. But as soon as you get close to it, it starts resonating the same frequency as your Solarian connection. And that's all that happens. Are you going to take your plant with you? Yeah, I don't know who's going to water it. So I I should probably bring this with me, guys. (laughs) Sure, why not? We can uh, we can make a spot for it on the star scratch. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe like we can affix its spot to a dashboard or something. I've been thinking about putting arboretum on there. So. Ooh, yeah, I like the sound of that. I got some ideas. Elgar, when you're in the hallway, you hear a faint counting going. 59 minutes and 30 seconds, 59 minutes, 31 seconds, 59 minutes, 33 oh, seconds. Guys, guys, we, uh, ooh, we got to get out of here quick, quick, quick. We got like 30 seconds before this thing starts gunning us outside. Wait, what? Um. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, there's a turret that I, I may have talked into just holding off shooting at me for about an hour, and we've almost reached that time. Sure, of course Quite we honestly, have. I do not feel like talking to another inanimate object <laughs> at all right now. Yep. I, okay, I guess we'll just run away from our home again. Uh, I'm going to scoop up a, a handful of toys off my floor and stuff them into my bag and then run out. Oh my god, okay, I'll write them down later. I know what they are, but you have the toys. Did you grab five? Okay. Nice. Uh, yeah, I grabbed five. Okay. That, that's the, the number on my ability, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, I grabbed five. Oh my god. Okay, so you guys run out. I assume you just fly into your car and yeah. pedal to the metal all the way down to your ship. 
And when you pass by the playground, you see a purple worm fighting a giant Cernok, which are two completely huge monsters that are of, like, worm origin. They're literally fighting to the death in the playground. Oh my god. I feel like I need to apologize to everyone for saying worm earlier. Oh, damn it. Is this the curse? And you pedal to the metal all the way down to your ship. Yeah, I, I zoom the fuck past that. Go, go, go. <laughs> just just look straight ahead. <laughs> this is end of day three. You get up, you reverse, you fly out of there as fast as you can. <laughs> Do not engage. Do not engage.